Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up and let's get started on today's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Wellgrove, and their keto super powder made with premium quality cold pressed Australian extra virgin olive oil. If you or someone you know needs to follow a low-carb or keto-based diet, instead of putting butter or coconut oil into your drinks, add a fat source which is actually good for your health and backed by real science. Extra virgin olive oil is one of the most powerful superfoods on earth and a source of antioxidants and healthy monounsaturated fats. Wellgrove have developed a unique process to turn their premium quality, cold-pressed Australian extra virgin olive oil into a convenient powder that contains healthy fats and prebiotic fibers for your gut health. The Wellgrove Keto Super Powder is a convenient way to get healthy fats into your daily routine and can be found by visiting www.wellgrovehealth.com products. On this week's episode, we're excited to be joined by certified personal trainer, Liz King. Liz brings with her a wealth of knowledge on not only fitness, but also how to listen to your body, train for your goals and take care of your mental health too. This episode is titled All Things Fitness, and we dive deep into some topics such as how beginners can start exercising, how to build a healthy foundation with exercise, how much rest our bodies actually need, weight training to improve our metabolism, why consistency matters, and all of the trends we see over TikTok and online. And finally, we end the episode with a quick true or false session where Liz answers all your burning questions about fitness and health. And spoiler alert, you don't need to eat 100% clean to get results. You can follow Liz on Instagram and TikTok. She's made for me fitness. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode today. Welcome Liz to our podcast today. We're really excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) I know I've wanted you on for so long. I've been following you on TikTok for so long. And as we were chatting about before the podcast, we're actually really similar. So I think it's going to be a really fun and lighthearted chat today, but of course, um, full of key messages for our listeners as well. So I'm super stoked to have you on, but let's start off with how you got started in this area of personal training and exercise. One of the main reasons was because of my own personal journey through fitness, just as a young girl. Growing up, mm-hmm. I always felt really different. I mean, I know we all do, but I really, really struggled making friends on my own and being socially accepted in school from a really, really young age. I was bullied a lot just for how I acted, how I looked, um, what I would wear. And I ended up getting this major social anxiety and I just ended up feeling so isolated all the time. Like some years down the line, I was also diagnosed with ADD, ADHD and started a medication so I could do better socially as well as in school. I grew up like fairly slim, like that's kind of my natural body type. But with this type of medication, I don't know if you know anything about it, but with this typically ADHD medication, it really heavily affects your appetite to the point where most people do feel like so nauseous during the day and they wouldn't eat all day. So I wouldn't eat anything until about like 5 p.m. when I got home from school and sports. So (laughs) I was sort of doing intermittent fasting before it was cool. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, it's not it's not worth it, guys. (laughs) Um, But I ended up losing a lot of weight from it. 
even though I was already slim, like I ended up getting really, really skinny. But this was also the era where the trendy body type was like ultra, ultra skinny. And that was considered like a high fashion look. And what happened was I actually ended up starting getting positive attention from my peers at school. So like people weren't bullying me as much. They were complimenting me like on my body and like how I looked. And it was something that I'd really never really experienced before. And like at the time I was like, yes, like this is my way in. Like I can make friends. Like people are going to like me now. I'm going to be accepted but it was really like a double-edged sword because I love the feeling of being accepted and love the attention for sort of having this ideal body type. But at the same time, I was miserable. <laughs> I was absolutely miserable. So my medication was making me sick. It was making me feel like a dulled down version of myself. And I was still really only getting positive feedback about like what I looked like. So it wasn't even necessarily like who I was. And I think at the time I didn't really care because growing up, we just like want to be accepted. So, and that's sort of what puts us in that situation, but that's also really damaging for like a young girl to, to feel like that. And it's actually a really dangerous mindset to have as well, which is also why like my heart shatters every time I see these young girls all over TikTok idolizing unhealthy, unattainable body standards. So anyways, my medication ended up making me feel so sick that I actually stopped taking it during school. Like I would even pretend to take it in the morning and like slip it under my tongue until my mom left. And then I would spit it in the trash <laughs> the second she was out of the room. But of course with that, then I started eating again because the, the medication wasn't affecting my appetite. But when I went back to eating normally, like it, it wasn't normal eating. So my body had been deprived for so long that when I started feeling hungry again, it's turned into this uncontrollable binge eating cycle. So every time I would sit down, even for like breakfast, lunch, dinner, a meal at school, like even I was eating during class, I was like binging. So it was really like this uncontrollable hunger and feeling that I could never get enough food, you know, and of course, as eating too many calories does to a person, I started putting on weight again. And it never really got to the point where I was considered overweight, like at the doctors or anything, you know, it was a, it was a decent fluctuation, but it was never anything technically unhealthy, but I like wasn't healthy. <laughs> I was not a healthy person in any sense, just like mentally, physically, anything. But I ended up just feeling so uncomfortable in my body. And of course, that feeling of like love and acceptance dwindled from other people. And also, this was at the age where your body does start changing as well, just as a young woman. So there was a lot going on all at once. <laughs> so I ended up having a really toxic mindset about food and my body. And, and it was all tied in with how I perceived myself as like worthy to others. And I can honestly say that I trained myself to believe that as long as I had the perfect body, people would love me. And like my only job was to basically sit there and look pretty. And I idolized models and like all of that. Like I really, really thought that that was such a glamorous lifestyle. And I, a lot of that was pushed in the media, but I still also didn't really know what my, my passion was um, in life. So I think I felt lost in a lot of ways. So from there, I decided I, I wanted to get into fitness. And as a kid, I like loved playing sports. I loved running, jumping, just doing anything active. Um, that always felt so good for me. But now as I was going into it with the mindset that I had to change my body drastically to maintain this 
Victoria's Secret fashion show kind of look that I was so desperate for. I then just spent years like over exercising, you know, light weights, high reps, afraid of getting bulky, excess cardio, like always trying to minimize myself and get as skinny as possible. And not to mention just doing the wrong freaking things in the gym and just never seeing results because I was I was inconsistent. I was having these struggles with with food at the same time. So it was just this constant like back and forth. And I was just never really happy with myself, even when I was um, at my lowest or, or high, wherever I was, I was just never really truly satisfied or, or happy with my body. And that's how I kind of learned that a lot of it is more of a mental thing in that regards, which is also what I try to preach through uh, social media as well now. But now this is where the second reason comes into the picture. So my mom at the time actually got a personal trainer for herself. So she has MS and she will struggle with it like on and off in the sense that she'll become practically immobile if she doesn't actually keep up with regular activity. And it had gotten really bad at this point. And Leanne, the difference I saw in my mom after working with a trainer for about six months was mind blowing. And seeing that happen to someone so close to me, just uh, it honestly just flipped a switch in my brain. So it was the it was only a matter of months after that happened. um, And I saw the results that she gained just with like quality of life, like being able to do more things on her own, like being mobile, even like walking up and down the stairs. I just put in a bunch of research and I just bought a bunch of courses and started my training to be a personal trainer. And it really did change my perspective about exercising entirely from how, yes, it can change someone's body to how it could actually help somebody's quality of life. And I felt so compelled to change the way that I even did things for myself because of because of that and actually be able to help others, like no matter what their goal is. And pretty much the rest is history. I know that's a really long answer, but. <laughs> um, no, but- I loved it. <laughs> you made a couple of really, really good points in there. And one I'd love to bring you back to, is you mentioned that sport became an outlet for you. And I think that the, my first sort of introduction to sport as a kid I used to play squash growing up and that for me was it was all about the social thing I'd go and I'd see my friends at competitions and actually really enjoy training for me it was never about losing calories and or you know burning as many calories as I could or changing my body until I was maybe 18 19 years old and that for me I think is quite fortunate but it breaks my heart that there are so many younger people online talking about I need to exercise to lose weight and you know I kind of look at their profile pictures and they look like they're 12 or 13 years old and that honestly breaks my heart doesn't it so for the younger generation out there Liz or for the younger version of you if you could go back in time and give them a message about your first introduction to exercise what would you say in terms of using exercise to be a great outlet for life instead of actually a way to control our body, right? Yeah, it started pretty young for me. So I would say even like around that time, that's when I was like 11, 12, probably even earlier, like 10, like this started really, really early on. So I do see these young people that are are thinking that way. And it's, you know, it does kind of break my heart. But the best piece of advice and a lot of it plays into just my entire message is if you're doing a type of activity, like if you're engaging in in fitness or playing sports, always try to make it, make it something fun, like make it something that you enjoy 
And I do understand that there is a lot of pressure to either look a certain way or you see people that maybe you might not necessarily look the same as. And it is hard growing up. These are all really, really normal things. But the best thing that you can do for yourself is just really put in some actual research or just make sure that you're following the right people, even if that's your only way of getting information. But put in some research or figure out exactly what is going to help you, but also help you stay in the right mentality because it's honestly a waste of your time going into something, hating yourself (laughs) and doing it for the reason to change. It is a big waste of your time (laughs) because regardless of whether you are, and I always say this to my, to my clients or like if, if anybody's having trouble or if they're like, oh, I just feel so bad about my body or, or disgusted that like I look like this or, or like that. And I'm, it, I always say like it takes the same amount of time for you to learn and actually get to where you need to go, whether you like yourself or not. So like you might as well <laughs> focus on the positive of, positives of it and then you'll actually be more likely to stick with it. So don't use fitness as a way to minimize yourself or really change yourself. Yes, there are some things that you you can do, but you're going to get there the same way. And it doesn't matter. Like there there's really only a handful of like correct ways to do it that are going to last long term. So take the time to actually either learn what to do if it is something that is either concerning your health or whatever. Just take the time, like be responsible. Like you are responsible for your own body and what you do. And I know there's a lot of motions and things like that growing up and we don't always do that. But I would really just say it was like a big waste of my time feeling like how I did about my body. And I think it's normal to be caught up in that. And I feel like so many other young women do. And I, I can tell you now you're just going to look back at it and be like, wow, that was kind of, <laughs> that wasn't good for us (laughs) but we learn we learn and and it's just trial and error but the more positive outlook you have on it and the better mindset that you have about everything you're going to get there in a much healthier and sustainable way and then it's not going to have to be something that you stress about all the time yeah I can keep going on about this forever but it does it does also play into how we're taught things in school. Like I don't necessarily, I don't know what it's like, you know, across um, other areas of, of the world, but I mean, I know I never really learned that much about nutrition or my body or anything in school. Like no one was really there. I mean, and you know what we had to look up to. I mean, I was, I didn't even have cell phones. <laughs> like it was like just when cell phones were a new thing. So social media wasn't really a big thing. So it was, it was only what we saw on TV. And it's like, you know, when someone's saying nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and like that's your main nutrition advice <laughs> that you get from a magazine, it's like, what do you do? So now it's like try to just try your best to like use the resources that you have and, and learn the right way to do it. I think it's so important to, as you mentioned, if you want to change your body, do it from a place of love first because hating our body isn't going to change it, right? But it's okay to want to get stronger and fitter and faster and better at your sport or something like that. But wanting to just physically change your body for the sole purpose of being smaller, it's not going to get you there, is it? Because say you're a 12-year-old girl and you're listening to this podcast our bodies are growing and changing. And I went through this tremendous growth spurt when I was, I don't know, it must've been like really, really young, like 
I don't know, maybe like between nine or 12 years old or something. And I remember in primary school, I think I was actually the tallest kid in my entire primary school. Like I think I've been nearly six foot one since I was about 14 or 15 years old. That's crazy. And that's sort of like my own, where my own body insecurities came from. But like, again, like I, I can so relate that we shouldn't be trying to change our bodies because we hate them. We should love and appreciate where we are. And it is okay to want to get stronger or fitter or faster or, um, you know, better at our sport or do something because it makes us feel, feel great versus doing something because we hate ourselves and thinking that we're going to love ourselves when we finally achieve this goal. But I'm sure you and I have both been there where, you know, my quote unquote leanest self was not my happiest self. And we all think that, you know, I'm going to be so happy when I get to X body, but it's simply not true, is it? Because there's so many outside factors. And if, as you mentioned, if we can learn to love ourselves where we are right now, or maybe not love ourselves, but just appreciate where we are and that be okay, then we're going to have such a better time at life, no matter what age we are. It's so true. And I cannot stress that enough no matter how small or what weight you're at, it will not make you happy. (laughs) It will not. So yes, there are like, it's okay to have those types of goals as long like visual goals and things like that. That's always okay. But as long as it's reasonable, as long as it's sustainable, as long as it is something and you are so much better, better off going after being stronger and like appreciating your body for what it can do versus just trying to change it all the time. So yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head and it just, I feel like there's so many like perspectives on, on things as well, but I can, I mean, I can honestly just say it's yeah, at my smallest, at my lowest weight was probably the most unhappiest I could have ever been. And the only thing I wanted was to get smaller regardless because I always thought that that would be and and it's it's really it's really interesting and I, I mean I remember the I remember the feeling like I can I can really put myself there because I remember the day where I realized I'm just like okay you're here you said once you'd be here you'd be happy and you're not and I literally I like remember that day <laughs> and I'm just like great we still think we need to look different for whatever reason even though we're completely at our goal we're doing this we're doing that so it doesn't mean happiness at all. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad that we touched on that because it is such an important message for the young people to understand, but also, um, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds as well, because we all have body insecurities. You know, nobody wakes up and says, I love my body every day. Well, I don't think most people do anyway. And that is perfectly okay. But again, if we can turn that around to a bit of gratitude and say, you know, I wake up and I'm, I'm so grateful for a strong body or a healthy body or a body that allows me to go to school all day or a body that allows me to go to work and come home and look after my family. Like if we can turn that around to a place of gratitude and then from there, we have a nice, healthy, neutral baseline to grow from and want to get some great results in terms of strength and resilience and improving just our general fitness for our cardiovascular health or our heart health or something like that. So make our goals more health related than physique related, right? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, it's way more fun. (laughs) It is so much more fun than the other way around Uh, like even just trying to get stronger like being able to be consistent from that and it is so much more fun and you end up just enjoying life like just overall life in general because it's like it's not like oh I can go here and like you know look like this it's like hey look at how many push-ups I can do (laughs) you're 
like, watch me do this. Like, are you watching? Like, it's, it's, it's just such a different mentality. And you like, you feel strong and capable. And like, it brings you so much more confidence than just constantly trying to minimize yourself or anything like that. It's like, it builds you up in a way that is just so it's almost unexplainable. Like you really have to, to feel it, but it's just so much more fun. It's so much more fun going to the gym and just trying to, trying to accomplish something than just lose mm-hmm. some calories. Honestly, it is such a big mindset switch, but it is it's so much more fun. I don't know. You can agree. I feel like you came totally. from, from kind of a similar spot and like now it's like yep. that you're in it and you're consistent. It just feels so good. It just feels mm-hmm. so good, especially compared to whatever else I did back then. <laughs> like going in the gym and being like let's get into beast mode versus being like oh no I have to go and burn 600 calories on the treadmill and stay there for two hours like it's yeah it's exhausting and it becomes exhausting so I think really looking at our fitness goals from the perspective of let's try to get fitter faster stronger um better at you know whatever exercise that we're doing versus let's try to get smaller and a snatch waist and let's try to you know get a six-pack because those things are yeah they're not what they're stacked up to be are they it's just short term you know it's like it's just short term not even happiness it's just like it's hard to explain like what it really does feel like when you are 100% at your goal and you're it's just still not what you like thought it would still be. not enough it's yeah. still it's just still not enough and and yeah one thing I always say it, it, exactly what you said I always tell my clients I'm like train like you're an athlete like train as if working out is your sport, even if you're not training for anything specifically. I'm like train to get better at pushups, train to be able to do a pull up. I'm like train like you're an athlete and this is your sport so that you can keep kind of one one upping yourself and and doing things like that. So I always, I'm always, I always say train like an athlete because that's what makes it fun. And that's how athletes get better at what they do. And the rest will come. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, because the more you're consistent, the more you are doing things in a positive way, you'll actually see a lot better results from doing things that way than you will from giving up a month in because you're burnt out or you're frustrated or you're just not seeing the results that you wanted because you don't have a snatched waist in a month and then you give up and then like you actually are able to keep going and then you can actually see those results. Totally. And everybody can be an athlete. You know, you don't have to be paid or sponsored by Nike. We can all be an everyday athlete, can't we? Which is the best part. Yeah. Working out is your sport and you need to get really good at it. (laughs) That's how you got to think about it. (laughs) So let's chat about Liz, um, I guess like beginners with exercise. So we've just been through a worldwide pandemic and it's been really stressful for a lot of people, particularly over there where you are in America. Um, And even where you were in the UK, it was, you know, it's, a lot happened. I think in in Australia, we have um, been quite fortunate compared to the rest of the world. But I know that a lot of people around the world have experienced some really tough times. So, you know, gyms have been closed for a really long time. People have taken a long time off exercise because some people, based on where they were, couldn't even leave the house for for some serious Mm -hmm. lockdown periods. So how do we ease back into it? Or how do we get back into exercise after a long period off? Is there a way that we can ease into it to create this healthy foundation? Or is it kind of like riding a bike? If you used to do it, you just get back on and and go for it. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a really good question. Um, And I do have a bit of an unconventional answer. I feel like every answer I have is a little unconventional. but um, And I haven't really heard many other people explain it like this, um, other than myself, maybe maybe a couple couple of other people. So when you're just starting to exercise, there's going to be a lot of things that you don't know. 
which is fine. And the majority of things that you will learn are actually going to be from experiencing what actually works for you and what doesn't. And my whole thing is like, everyone's different. So what works for me and like what keeps me motivated might be a little different from you. And that's fine. And if you're returning, if you're someone who is returning to exercise from either taking extended break, um, you took time off for whatever reason, you may have some bearings as to what you enjoy and what might work for you. However, if you are used to an unsustainable dieting and fitness type of like program or practice, it might be hard for you to get back into it without the all or nothing mindset. So the best possible thing that you can do for yourself in these situations is to just focus on your foundation first. And what I, mean, what I mean by that is focus on building the habit of actually working out before trying to chase any sort of visual or physical results. You will get stronger as, as a result anyways, but majority of the time we will jump into fitness and even nutrition, 110%. We start working mm-hmm. out five, six days a week. We drastically change our eating habits. We start counting calories. We try to change everything all at once without knowing if that's even the right thing to do for our bodies and specific goals. And trust me, I've been there. I'm the queen of doing that a million times. So <laughs> we've all been there. So and now I'm not saying that you shouldn't have visual goals. And I think that's totally valid as long as it is manageable and sustainable. But trying to turn your life upside down for only a few months and then feeling frustrated or discouraged when you don't have your dream body yet is not going to get you far. And it's going to make you dislike exercising and kind of keep yourself at war with your body. And in that kind of yo-yo doing things on and off mindset, like all or nothing mindset. Whereas if you go into fitness, whether you're starting or you're restarting, wherever, even if you're in it, Even if you're already in it and you're just like, my mentality is just killing me right now. I just need to restart. Like you can kind of restart, like switch, switch that in your brain at any time. So, but go into it with a manageable goal. So say your only goal is strength training three times per week for 30 minutes each session for the next three months. And that is your only goal. (laughs) So only have the goal of being consistent with just the act of working out. That's it. So don't necessarily, yeah. So don't even not like, don't even necessarily have any body expectations or, Mm. or anything like that. Because like I said, it's instead of five or six days a week, spending an hour plus in the gym, trying to do cardio, trying to do this, trying to do that, you're going to burn out. And that's a lot of what I see is because yeah, we do jump into it because we realize we're either unhappy with something about our, ourselves or we're just trying to get into it. But we think that we need to do so much to get these crazy results. But that's not really the case. It really just takes consistency. That's really all it takes. So when you focus, you take a step back and you just focus on being consistent for a couple of months. And then once you're actually in the consistent routine, and you're saying, yes, okay, I achieved my goal, because I have worked out a minimum of three times per week, for the past three months, like that is your goal, and you've achieved your goal. And then from there, if you're like, okay, I do want to start working on, you know, I really like how how my arms feel when they're strong, or like, I really like, you know, whatever you want to build a booty, you want to do whatever, like you want to get stronger, you want to do pull ups, like, whatever, then you can focus on that stuff after that. Because 
what happens is it's like, it's not going to happen fast. It's just never going to happen fast. And I feel like we're sort of stuck in that realm of like advertising where everyone's trying to sell fitness as something that happens fast, even like nutritionally something that happens fast when there are so many different factors that go into it, like including your previous relationship with, uh, with like food, with your body, like even how you grow up, like everything takes a toll on how you, you start fitness and like what kind of keeps you in it. So giving yourself the actual time to like get through that and make sure that you're in the right mindset and having that proper foundation before you start trying to change this or tweak this or or grow this or or anything like that is going to be the best thing you will ever do. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. And it's, it comes back to what we were talking about before using exercise as an outlet or using exercise because it helps to manage stress and it helps to make us sleep better. It helps us manage um, anxiety. It's a social outlet, like using exercise for all of the wonderful health benefits that come with it. So just being consistent with that versus going into exercise, being like, I want a six pack in three months, or I want the biggest booty possible in like you know two months flat because that yeah. was my goal when I first started in the gym I was like my goal is five push-ups I want to be that chick that can just like do push-ups like in front of everyone at the park and I'd be like boom and yeah. no, it took me like three and a half years to do like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like oh my god this is so hard and so um, yeah you're right I couldn't quit but I had a trainer in the beginning and my you know my trainer was good and they were like it, it takes time change takes time like strength for women to build is really difficult so again it, it's great that I I'm still consistent. I think like eight or nine years later, I still love going to the gym and I still love challenging myself, but it's not for a body related goal. It's just for, um, you know, I set myself small mini goals throughout the year. So I love that your, your biggest tip for kind of newbie starting exercise or people returning to exercise is really just to be as consistent as we can with exercise for the rest of the year. And we don't even have to be in the gym, do we? It can be anything that we love. It could be rock climbing or it could be kicking a soccer ball around in the park with your kids two or three times a week. Any sort of form of exercise is positive, isn't it? Yeah. Just movement in general. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like it's been so depersonalized. Like we're not even allowed to enjoy it because it's like, there's so many things being thrown at us that we're exposed to even, even just through social media. And it could be, it could even be your parents. Like it could be, you know, you could grow up with that sort of mindset. Like there's so many things that go into it, but I feel like now it's, it's so, um, it's just really pushed to us that like, if we're in the gym, it's like, we're trying to, to get this or like do this body or like we're conceited or like we're trying to do this or whatever. But it's like, it's really just not about that. And then just building that consistency is the best thing because you know that you'll always be consistent and that for your mentality, it's just amazing. Like I've even, I've set that rule for myself personally that no matter what I'm going through, unless if I'm like really sick or injured or something like that, but no matter what I'm going through, I know that I can always maintain a minimum of strength training three times a week. And I know that seems low for, you know, personal trainer and all that, but that's what I can do. But even through this, my entire recent breakup, I've just been through and like all this stuff, I moved to a different country, like all of that, literally, even even those weeks where it was like the hardest weeks, probably of my life, (laughs) if I'm being honest, I was still able to do those three days. And whether it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever, like I just did it when I needed it. And I was able to get it done. And I'm like, I'm so grateful. Like, I'm so thankful that I do have this consistency in my life because I can still maintain my strength. So now that I'm like in a different place and I'm able to 
now work on it, I can probably up the ante a little bit. I can probably work out a little bit more now that I've moved into a new place and things like that. Like I can start doing that. But if I had held that expectation for myself through all the stuff that I was going through, I would have failed. And I would have felt like a failure. Whereas if you set yourself up to do something that you know is manageable, no matter what, you're going to win every time. And then you keep going because you feel good about it. And you're like, yeah, wow, I really felt like crap before I worked out. And like, now I don't or I feel less like crap or whatever, you know, maybe my emotional stuff's still there. But like, my outlooks on life is a little bit better, you know, just because I did get to move around. And like, I was just, you know, laying in bed or whatever, or like, you kind of get caught up in life. And I understand with people that are like, so so busy, try to just set maybe a rule for yourself and don't necessarily beat yourself up if you're not hitting the gym five, six times a week, because that's not always maintainable. It just isn't like depending on what, on what you do, even like I said, even for me as a personal trainer, like no matter what you go through in life, like kind of just have that you're, you know, you're at least going to be able to get this, this amount in. And even if you don't, don't beat yourself up, but like, you know, you're going to get back to it because you're doing it from a place of, positivity and you're trying to feel better and you know you want to maintain your strength so then when you do like when things do change or get better or whatever you're going to have that foundation no matter what and then you can just start doing what you like how you how you want to do either changing or getting stronger or doing whatever so having that first and then adding that extra bit you know add on a couple of days do x y and z just to improve that further and it's not always going to be like that like, that's the thing. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. It's like, you're not always going to be able to spend five, six days working out. So as long as you sort of have that foundation, and you're still able to get that done, like, that is still just so much better than not doing anything at all. And just giving yeah. up and being like, this is too much, I can't do it. And then like brain frying yourself and mm-hmm. <laughs> quitting mm-hmm. altogether, because then you're never it's like it's you're then you're just gonna have to restart. And it just feels so like, so that's why sustainability and making things manageable is so, so, so important. So then you don't ever really feel like you have to restart because you're like, oh, I'm just kind of I've I've been doing it consistently anyways. There's no like, like heightens, you know, all or nothing. It's not like, oh, we're all in or we're not. We're all in and we're all not. And and it, it just allows you to actually create the lifestyle instead of doing it as just a quick fix or or something like that. Totally, because there's absolutely nothing worse than having to restart over. And I'm sure that all of our listeners could agree with that, like mentally. It's so defeating, isn't it? Like having to constantly restart over. So I love that you talk about creating that healthy foundation first, because that's something about on the podcast we always talk about in terms of nutrition. Like my mantra for the podcast is 10% better. Just do that little bit. We don't have to jump in. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to start the, you know, the diet every Monday. It can be Friday and you can add a bit of salad to your plate. Like you don't have to wait till Monday. So it's really about creating that healthy baseline, which I love. I'm interrupting our podcast with a healthy break to bring you today's episode sponsor, Wellgrove. Extra virgin olive oil is one of the most powerful superfoods on earth and a source of antioxidants and healthy monounsaturated fats. Wellgrove have developed a unique process to turn their premium quality, cold-pressed Australian extra virgin olive oil into a convenient powder that contains healthy fats and prebiotic fibers for your gut health. It also has zero carbohydrates. Extra virgin olive oil helps keep you full and promotes ketosis, making it an ideal fat source for those who choose to follow or need to follow a keto-based diet. 
This powder can also be used as a convenient and easy way to get in extra calories for those who struggle to gain weight or who have been diagnosed with malnutrition. If you or someone you know follows a low-carb or keto-based diet, instead of putting butter or coconut oil into your drinks, add a fat source which is actually good for your health and backed by real science. The WellGrove Keto Super Powder is a convenient way to get healthy monounsaturated fats into your daily routine. It can be used before or after exercise, in your morning coffee or afternoon snack, or at any time to fuel your body and brain. It's vegan, FODMAP friendly, and gluten-free, and can be found by visiting www.wellgrovehealth.com products. Now let's get back to our episode. And um, you mentioned something really important about like, you know, most people are aiming for that five, six sessions a week. How much rest do we need when it comes to exercise? Like, is it okay to exercise every day? And I'm sure that the type of exercise obviously plays a part here. It's like seven days of HIIT training versus seven days of walking. Our body's going to respond very different to that, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So the amount of rest days that you take is completely subjective to um, type of exercise you're doing. Also, what you're trying to achieve, like what your goal is. But it's absolutely necessary no matter what you're doing. So um, a saying that I always remind myself is that your recovery is just as important as your workout. So with me, and like what a lot of my clients do is um, we do focus on like strength training. So lifting weights, like building strength through that. So they're pretty intense workouts. I mean, they're all customized. So but they're all really intense for for the individual. So but they're still they're not like too long or anything like that. So it still is really manageable. But but when you're working out and like you're working hard, you're building strength, you're creating micro tears in your muscles um, by mm-hmm. exposing them to, to weights, um, repetitions, endurance, and challenging them through things that they don't normally do in day-to-day life. So there, those tears are, are actually a good thing. I know tearing doesn't sound like a good thing, but it is a good thing. <laughs> those tears are a really good thing because that's what allows us to get stronger and more capable of doing these exercises next time that we go to do them. So um, the tears are paired themselves while you're resting and recovering. So if you're not allowing your body to actually rest and recover, you're not fully allowing your body to repair, to actually be able to allow yourself to do that again and like constantly keep getting better, like building more, more muscle, even like increasing metabolism, like things like that. If you're not giving yourself enough rest you're almost kind of putting yourself in in a circle, <laughs> a circle mm-hmm. of doom where you're just working really hard, but you're not letting yourself actually recover. So you're never actually progressing as much. You'll probably progress a little bit, but it's not going to be as much. And that's where I feel like a lot of people do maybe feel like they're plateauing because it's like they're doing so, so much, but they're not actually giving their body a chance to recover and be like, okay, I like, I do have all the things that I need to do to like, do another good workout or like to get stronger and things like that. And it's also very important nutritionally as well, because, you know, when you are exerting yourself, your body is using those nutrients. So you definitely need to replenish it. So that's also a really important of it, um, important part of it. But personally, I used to have <laughs> zero days off <laughs> in the beginning, of course, when I was, you know, when I first started, because I, I didn't know I was just like, I, I'm uncomfortable in my body. I don't like it. Like I just need to work my butt off so that I can be happy. But that's really when I, didn't know what the heck I was doing. But I learned over the years that my body does so much better with two, even three days off each week, which sounds a little excessive sometimes, but it really depends on the intensity of my workouts, like how sore I am and just my general energy and fatigue levels. And I think that's really important for people to be aware of. And it's something that you won't notice at first when you go in. 
but you will end up developing that skill to realize like, okay, my body's actually fatigued and like, I need to rest today instead of just sort of pushing through it based off of some anxiety that you're not going to get to your goals or you're going to gain weight or you're not going to get a stronger things like that. So but there is also, uh, it's, it's called active rest. So that's just like what you're talking about. Even, you know, there's a difference between just walking a couple miles every day versus doing intense training. Um, so active rest, it basically means on your active, on, on your rest days, you can still move and do some sort of activity, but it's not nearly as intense as a regular workout. So you can do yoga, stretching, walking, hiking, swimming, any general activity that you enjoy. So you're still moving your body just in a different way. Like you can still go outside, you know, and it, I think it's also really important to have those as well, just for your mental health, because it does keep movement light. It keeps it fun. So you don't feel like you have to go to the gym or like do an intense workout to actually enjoy movement. I think they're really important, but your rest days are going to be completely dependent on how you feel as an individual mm-hmm. And also like what your goals are, obviously, like athletes will have different things. Um, I do train some athletes. So um, but like, they'll have different, different things that, that they need to do, like through practice and things like that. But like rest is always necessary. And I would never say seven days, <laughs> like never, never go for the seven days of like full workouts, like intense, intense workouts. A lot of people will realize that they do a lot better with more rest versus versus not so even like one two even three days off a week will will help people a lot more uh in the long run yeah and I find my body responds best to about four days of sort of weight-based training and then three days of what you call like active recovery where I'll just go for like a long walk out in um around my suburbs or in the forest near me so definitely and people always say to me oh you say you only train four days a week but you're walking on the other days that's training and as you mentioned like I think it's very different and the reason that I get steps in every day is because I sit at my desk or at my computer or you know online for nine ten twelve hours a day some days like I'm sitting and I look at my watch and at 6 p.m I'm like oh my god my steps aren't even 2000 today so the reason I'm going for a walk isn't so much to exercise or lose weight it's just general movement because I'm not picking that up in my day-to-day life like I used to when I worked at the hospital and I'd run up and down you know five levels all day from the kitchen up to like the surgical level I used to get that incidental activity so much so there is a big difference between you know a session where you're walking you can call it exercise if you want you can call it active recovery whatever you want and actually being in the gym and training hey it's that intensity that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's always best to just figure out what works for you. Um, and I'm, I'm the, the same way. I think my body responds pretty much to the same thing. But also, like, if you are just sitting, I mean, now we're work from home life, even though we're, mm-hmm. you know, active, active people, you know, I'm, I've sat down more this year than I ever have before in my life, because now mm-hmm. my tra- all my trainings online. So before it was in person where I was doing things, I was setting up weights, like I was always, always, always doing things. And I would get like 15,000 steps in probably a day at least. Mm -hmm. And now it's like maybe 3000. So I like get up and I'm like, wow, I just need to move because also it just helps your mentality. I feel like if after I feel like a lot of people can relate, like just sitting down all day, it's just Mm -hmm. so tiring. It just like makes you feel so fatigued and you're just kind of tight and like your hips kind of hurt and your back your neck kind of hurts like it's a lot sitting is really a lot and it's really draining so having that like getting those walks in even though it might seem like you're kind of too tired to do stuff or like you don't really want to go out or anything but getting those in are like will end up being such an important part of just 
your overall mental health, just getting outside. And I, I almost think about it more of like an active kind of meditation. I'm not really like a sit down and meditate kind of person. So it's like, I always just look around, like taking that, like listen to a podcast, like listen to, you know, and I kind of use that as a way to, to de-stress. And I encourage a lot of my clients to do that. And like my clients love, I mean, some of them like to run, um, you know, obviously like the athletes are different, but I would say like majority of them just like love to walk. And like, that's just what I, what I preach to them. I'm like, just go for a walk. Like everything's going to be fine, <laughs> you know, just keep moving. So yeah, it, it is it is a form of, of recovery. Obviously, if you're not like so sore that walking is not, you know, then you can just take a day. That's fine. But even then, sometimes the movement does help like break up soreness and things like that. So so it, it, it completely depends on the intensity level. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, and I'm going to bring you back because we were talking about weight training or resistance training. I get a lot of, um, we've talked quite a lot on this podcast. We've had a lot of experts on discussing how important resistance training is in terms of our muscle mass because our muscle is metabolically active. So yes, it's great for our metabolism, but it's also great in terms of our bone mineral density. So it helps to prevent things like, you know, osteoporosis later on and that sort of thing. So I think a lot of our listeners understand that weight or resistance training is important, but what is the minimum amount of resistance training we should be doing particularly if we're not someone who loves the gym because I have a lot of clients who say Leanne I know you love the gym but I don't and it's really hard for me to go and do some form of resistance training I just don't like it I'm a runner or I'm a I'm a swimmer I, I hate doing resistance training so what's the bare minimum from a health perspective we can do in terms of resistance training is just one session a week enough or two sessions Yeah. So again, it just, it depends. I know I I say that with every answer, but, (laughs) but it's, I mean, this is also why everything I do is like totally customized because it really just does depend on the person. Um, and it depends on the goals as well. So it, it really, it it does, it just depends. (laughs) It depends completely on like who you are, how much time you have, like what you actually enjoy doing. And you don't always have to go into the gym. I feel like a lot of people I say, Oh, try weightlifting. And they're like, Oh, well, I can't go to the gym. And I'm like, okay, you can, pick up some stuff at home (laughs) or, you know, if you get weights or something like that, like you can always do stuff at home if you don't necessarily love going to the gym and even just doing a couple of movements, but just challenging your body to lift those weights, even just work on like muscular endurance, anything like that, like that is really good, but it really does come down to like overall activity. Um, but in terms of like muscular metabolic improvement, frequency is important so again, this is different for, for athletes, but a good, like I say, a good general rule is I'd say two to three days um, mm-hmm. of strength training per week for the best results, but you don't necessarily need to go to a gym. Even like body weight stuff does help. I know I always, I always push the weights because I think that that will just get you better kind of results. Like it will help strengthen your muscle muscles a lot quicker, but yeah, one to two is still a great achievement and you will see some results over time. But I think especially for metabolic improvement, as well as muscular, I'd say at least I would say at least three days uh, to keep training your your body. Love it. And that's that good, healthy baseline that you talked about. Just aiming for three doesn't have to yeah. be five, six, seven, just, you know, three is enough. And as you mentioned, yeah. is it like what a 30 minute session? That's enough. We don't have to be in the gym for an hour and a half, three days a week. Oh, yeah. Like 20 to 30 minutes, (laughs) you can do a lot in 20 to 30 minutes. Like it's it's because once you get used to it, once you get the idea of like weightlifting and you know what to do, you can just kind of get it done. And you're like, yeah, I do have this 20 minutes that I can get something done. And if you're doing to say 
maybe you only have 20 minutes, you can be like, okay, I'm going to do arms. Like I do have a couple of like dumbbell sets at home and I can just do even just like all like go through a segment of like standing arm exercises. Like even that is good because you're still, you're still getting your body to adapt to that metabolically, but also muscularly, like you're keeping that strength and you're still building on that, but you can get that done so fast. (laughs) A lot of, even some of my clients are like, I feel like I'm getting these done so fast and I'm like it's because you're used to doing like these intense like hour workouts so you're kind of used to like pushing it in that way whereas like this is really all you need and they do actually end up seeing better results from that so I would say yeah at least 20 like 30 is perfect 45 is great It, it also depends on the day as well so I always find that doing like leg exercises, like leg workouts and all that will take a little bit longer because your Mm. legs have to move your entire body. Whereas like if you're doing arms or abs or anything, it's a little bit different. It's not as um, you might not necessarily need as as many time of like rest in between sets and things like that. So, but I I would say, yeah, that's, that's a probably a good rule, like two to three times at the, at the very least. Love it. I think that's very realistic as well for a lot of people, which is great. Um, And now, Liz, I'm going to bring you towards TikTok, social media. I've been following you for a while. I love (laughs) all of your videos. I'm definitely going to link your social so everybody can go and give you a follow. We are very similar in terms of our messaging, that balanced approach, but still helping our clients to get results, but just not doing it in a way that is completely unsustainable or that they have to spend thousands of dollars on supplements or anything like that. So there's a lot of things, trends and that sort of thing going around TikTok. There's a lot of influencers, you know, young people making a hell of a lot of money saying that they got their bodies from drinking lemon water and doing ab crunches. But as we know, genetics plays a huge part in how people look online and, you know, how the angle of the camera is set up, the lighting, how high-waisted our pants are. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this in terms of influencers being like, drink this drink every morning to get my six pack? Like, how do you feel about those, those young influencers who are just genetically blessed? Like, it's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) It can be really frustrating. Yeah. I would say it does annoy me. It does. I try to like really even just like when I'm consuming content and things like that, I really try to put myself in like the shoes of other people who are seeing it just so I can get a better idea of maybe like what to do or what not to do for myself as well and just how things are perceived. But I would say it does annoy me when I see them, obviously, just because there are people like you and me that try very hard to debunk those times, those kinds of statements, um, just by providing really educated advice, because you and I, like, we can tell which results may come from genetics versus what it really takes for some people to get to their goals. And we're all so different. Like, body types are just so different. Even if it's somebody you're related to, like, you're gonna have a different body. <laughs> I mean, unless maybe you're exact identical twins, but like, maybe even then, it's like, it could still be different for one person versus another. There's so many things that go into it that aren't really considered. And yeah, it is, it is hard to consider that in, in a, a, you know, 60, 30, 60 second video, video, but Mm -hmm. um, to include everything, but I try to only focus on, for me personally, for my content, like I try to only focus on what I can do to positively impact in people, because at the end of the day, people who are following that advice or like trying the lemon water or following like, you know, the people that are genetically blessed, like, they'll learn eventually that it doesn't work. And obviously you see someone online, like they look great. Like you want to look like them. Like you want to have their, <laughs> their, their hair, their lifestyle, their, their butt, their, whatever their abs. Like you want, you kind of want all that because you're 
glamorizing that and like we're kind of taught to glamorize that in a, in a certain sense but after doing even if they're saying do xyz after doing that for so long you're going to realize that you're not going to get get to that so it's a bit of a learning curve for everyone and genetics do play play a big role and there are some influencers like i know I've, I've definitely been able to connect with a lot of really great um like fitness professionals and and influencers that will do that but they also say that it's genetics as well which i also really respect so i don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with maybe like posing and things like that but when that's the only side you show then it can be a little bit toxic but it is also our responsibility like if you're following somebody that doesn't make you feel good about yourself and you're following somebody that is constantly contorting and twisting and things like that and you don't really see them like normally or they don't even discuss like okay yeah this is this is how it is because i've either always been like this or like this is where i came from you know people that are really just trying to kind of sell you whatever to you know benefit themselves then you kind of have to take it upon yourself to be either just unfollow them or, or anything you know it's at the end of the day there's a difference between fitness professionals and like like fitness influencers and they can exist together you know obviously if, if like a professional builds up their their following and things like that they will work with companies but majority of the time you know as long as it's a good it's a good person majority of the time they're going to only promote products that they've used before and that they actually have researched and stand by um, versus saying like, oh, I got X, Y, and Z from drinking this water when they've like always looked like that. Or when they did go on their journey, it was kind of like an easy step process where it's not always like that for everyone. So it's really, it's a loaded question. <laughs> I, I mm, feel like mm. I, I'm almost like over considerate of every like situation. It is a little annoying, but what, what what can we do about it? The only thing that we can do really is just give good advice, give accurate advice and just like keep moving because eventually you'll like, even if you are somebody that does follow someone, someone like that, or is kind of looks up to someone like that, like you'll learn eventually, but that it's not going to work like that. So it's kind of a process. <laughs> it might be just a part of everyone's journey because I've done that as well like there were a lot of people i had to i had to unfollow and actually i think like one of this this like main person that i was like idolizing 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 and you know, she actually went on to like be a trainer and she like released all these like guys like things like that she like ended up doing a lot for herself but then she actually took a step back and was like hey it actually i don't feel good doing this this way and she actually backtracked and was like i, I can't even like pronounce her name but but she like backtracked and actually was like, oh, I like actually want to start promoting more like sustainable lifestyle because like even like the comments I'm getting, like they're making me sad to see people just like, oh, how do I get this? Like, how do I get this? And she's like, here, take this, this water or like do this or use this booty band or use like do this guide or anything. And she actually had like publicly admitted she like lost like a bunch of followers, of course, but like she was just like, this is just not my calling. Like, yeah, I was kind of sucked into this. So but it's kind of up to us to realize, you know, when people are doing things to either just they're promoting things to either like make money off of it or kind of taking advantage of that. Or if it is something that is pretty harmful, like, you know, it is harmless, like it is something that that could probably help you along your journey or something like that. So it, it takes a little bit of but it's trial and error. Like we don't know that until we kind of experience it for ourselves or unless somebody's like, oh, hey, like, don't really listen to that there's that and that's mm -hmm. where you and I come in and we just 
we can we can kind of direct people in the right way and um yeah it's a it's a it's an interesting world <laughs> social yeah. media yeah, totally. And yeah, definitely not saying that, you know, influencers promoting products is always bad because I myself work with oh, companies no, not at and all. brands and oh, me too. Yeah, get paid to promote product. But it's, I guess yeah. it's, as you mentioned, you said an important point. It's about the whole page and the whole, how we promote ourselves. And if the filtered, photoshopped, perfect images and videos, if they're the only things that we're promoting, then that's not a great message around health and balance. But if we're doing some of these like, you know, high-waisted, low-waisted pants, we're showing off days where we feel super bloated versus days that we feel really lean and strong and showing a healthy salad, but also on our stories that the fact that we're having pizza and a wine on Friday night, like we need to be showing that balanced approach to health. So I think that's a really great tip for our listeners to really unfollow or really just be careful around the people that show you only a hundred percent the perfect lifestyle that you quote unquote idolize or want to be if they're only showing their highlight reel and not parts of their real life that might be a bit of a red flag hey i mean you know drinking lemon water is great like if you it's 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 there's so many different like tiers to it and how it can per- be perceived it's like okay yeah if you if you switch from dr- like to drinking le- lemon water from drinking soda you know, three meals a day, then it's like something might happen. So it's like, it's not bad that you're drinking lemon water, but it's like, if you go from regular water to lemon water, nothing's going to happen. So yeah, yeah. but it's about, it's about educating people like that, you know, cause like, we're very good as we like, yeah. So, you know, calories, sugars, like things like that. There's all this and this, whereas like, you know, lemon water is really good. It's a great alternative. Like you'll feel good. You stay hydrated, things like this, but yeah, there is, you know, very little to, to low calories, no calories, if anything. So that's what we'll help you on your journey so like these it's more about replacing I think this is something that I even learned from you it's all about replacing not like restricting it's not about getting rid of it it's about just finding alternatives that work for you but yeah just being all inclusive of like normal life that's something I kind of learned from even being you know growing my following it's like we're very normal (laughs) we're still very normal people like yeah I work from home now you know I'm, I'm doing this podcast you know I have my clients like in a very different way and you know I post and make content so that's all very different but at the same time you know it's like normal stuff still happens like I'm not I don't expect myself to jump out of bed with like a six-pack at like you know especially if the only thing I've been doing is working out a couple days a week because that's all I could manage but it's, it's more about the sustainability and yeah, it's, it's really up to us to kind of decide for ourselves, like who we want to follow. And like, if it is good advice, maybe you want to follow this person for workouts. Great. Maybe you want to follow this person for nutrition. Great. Like we have to filter it ourselves because everything's just going to be pushed to us at once. And it's the same thing with media, like news media, TV, all of that before, like I was saying before, when I was growing up, that was the only source. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was the only source. So there wasn't really any like nutritionists or fitness experts other than, I don't even remember their names, um, but like people on like The Biggest Loser and like things like yeah. that. It was mm-hmm. like, we mm-hmm. that, like that was all pushed to us where it was all very, we, it was so tunnel vision as to like, this is what fitness is. This is what we have to do. But there was no real information behind it. Whereas now there's like so many different avenues, which is really great. But there still are going to be some avenues that might not necessarily align with with what you want. And we just have to learn and we just have to be aware of it. And I do think qualifications are are incredibly important as well. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Personal experience does play a role. Personal experience is great. But just because you lost 20 kilos doesn't mean that you 
should be creating your own programs and <laughs> selling them to other people, perhaps without those qualifications. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, I lost majority of, I lost all my weight before, but I, I mean, I'll admit I definitely didn't do it the right way. Absolutely. And like, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. So, and, but that's the thing. It's like, they also get such a big, such positive reinforcement for that. And then they end mm. up getting that attention. They're like, oh, it's like this is something that I'm supposed to do. So I, I do, like I said, I'm so like over empathetic to everything. Like I do try to put myself in that situation where you can be like almost forced into that lifestyle because you're like, oh, this is like how I can, you know, make it or do this or sell this or something, but it might not necessarily be your qualification. So yeah, definitely always look for qualifications. If it's like personal training or anything, you know, make sure that it is it is just like a reputable like course or like a school, anything like that. And then of course, can't stress it enough for dietitians <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> so always, always check, do your research. Like I, I, I'm through, I did my certification through NASM. So like, you can always check to see if that's like up to date. Like they're really like transparent about it, which is something that I like. So if everyone's like, Oh, like, do you have this? I'll be like, yeah, just type my name in here and you can check it out. So definitely make sure that there's that because in the, in that training, they're so specific about not putting out like misleading information. And I'll tell mm -hmm. you in my courses, I've heard nothing about lemon water. So. And that I think brings us to the end of the podcast, which ties in perfectly. If we can do a quick true or false section. So we've already yeah. said, you know, lemon water doesn't burn fat. It can be a tasty <laughs> addition to your water. It's false that it burns fat. Um, I'd love to ask you a couple more questions around like fitness and nutrition in like more like a true or false section. So you don't have to give me, um, I guess like long winded answers for these. I'm happy if you just go true false. So we can put a couple of more like fitness myths to bed, I think, okay. or at least acknowledge that some um, might actually be true. So okay. I hope that um, this is helpful for some of our listeners at home because I get so, so many questions about fitness and we could ca keep chatting for three, four, five hours, but I, I know you're forever. busy. <laughs> I will talk forever. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard for me to give one word answers. But yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see how we go. So first one, true or false list, rest days are important. True. Uh, hitting PBs each week. So hitting like personal best each week show that you're getting stronger. False. For body fat loss, nutrition is more important than exercise. So it depends. Either one or the other can put you in a slight de calorie deficit, which will yield the same results. Um, but I do think that they are equally as important for fat loss. Ab workouts give you visible abs. False. <laughs> That's a good one because I see so many workouts on TikTok that it's like, do this to get a six pack or do this exercise to get a six pack in 15 oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah, we <laughs> love a six pack abs workout. Yeah. Well, wouldn't <laughs> that be course. nice in 15 minutes? I'm on board. Oh, I, if I could give it to you, I could, honestly. <laughs> if, I, if I could. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, next question. Walking is enough cardio if you don't like running or high intensity training. True. Protein powder is essential to gaining muscle. False. I have to eat clean or 100% clean to get results. Uh, false, but you will feel better if you do. <laughs> squatting heavy is more important than squatting with form or technique. False. Form is everything. Sleep doesn't matter in my fitness journey. False. Sleep is extremely important <laughs> and underrated, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> yes. No. The older I get, the more I realize this. <laughs> uh huh. Mm -hmm. I'm there. Um, I'm there with you. <laughs> training when you're sick is okay. Depends on how sick you are. 
Fair enough. <laughs> uh, learning lifting technique from social media is okay. If it's from the right person, yes, to an extent. That's a tricky one. It's always better to get um, a trainer because they're going to like customize it. They're obviously going to walk you through exactly what your body needs. Everybody is just like so different, um, especially with even just like how your proportions, like some people have like longer legs and things like that. Like it doesn't, you can learn a decent amount and it's, if it's from the right person, it can be really, really helpful. But at the same time, it's, it's always better to, to get somebody in person to help you out with that. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, especially with my physique. Like I'm being so tall. Um, I couldn't Ooh, get, yeah. my deadlift. I just couldn't deadlift by myself. And I went to my trainer and she's like, you really need to be doing that off plates just because all the way to yeah. the floor, I just lifted my back just that little bit too much. But my form is, oh, yeah. is pretty much dead on if I'm doing it off some small plates or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely have found trainers very, very helpful, um, particularly for my form and technique. Yeah, uh, all right. Last two for you, Liz. Uh, you can build muscle without going to the gym. True. Awesome. And last one, doing the same exercise all the time is important to build strength. Uh, true. Frequency is important, um, but you do still want variety in it as well because that's important for functionality. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ways that we can do a different exercise, right? A squat isn't just a squat. There are so oh, yeah. many different types of squats we can do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Liz, it's been such a wonderful chat and I wanted to give you the opportunity um, as a last question for the podcast to talk about sort of like your slogan online. You talk about this a lot. You say, work out to get stronger, not smaller. And I guess we really did touch on this at the beginning of the podcast, but any, I guess, important message that you want to leave our listeners with in terms of training for life, not just training for that, you know, that six pack like we talked about or working out to actually get stronger, not smaller. Can you explain to our listeners what that means and and why that's important for you? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this does circle back to even just how I started um, with my personal journey and like my mom's physical and mental health shift through exercise. But in my eight years of personal training, I have learned that the more that you emphasize exercise only as a way to lose weight, like get lean, get smaller, the more likely you are to give up on it because it sort of puts you in like a negative space, especially when you don't see those specific results. And yes, those results can happen, but there are so many different factors that go into how each individual will get to their visual goals. So when you work out to get stronger, you're focusing on everything that exercise is actually giving you, such as strength, confidence, functionality, like ability. And now there's nothing wrong, like I said, with having visual goals, but when you are exercising to feel good, get stronger, and just to be consistent or be able to do more things, you are so much more likely to push yourself harder to actually be consistent and use exercise as a positive way or use exercise in a positive way that will in turn help your relationship with your body overall. And in the end, you will actually see more visual results from pushing yourself to get stronger almost as if you're training like an athlete. So the same thing I was saying before, if you're training like an athlete, you're going to see such a bigger return versus just going to burn some calories. And it is keeping you and your mindset um, and your relationship with your body and your health in such in a, a way more positive space than either just using exercise to burn calories or lose weight or anything like that. Working out to get stronger instead of smaller just will always help you mentally if you just keep telling yourself that. It will completely change how you do exercise and it will honestly give you better results. Couldn't agree more. Yes, so, so important. Um, And finally, Liz, where can our listeners find you? Where can they work with you? What are your social media accounts? We can give you a follow. 
Yes, yes. Um, so my Instagram is at Made For Me Fitness. Uh, my website is www.madeformefitness.com. Um, my TikTok is also Made For Me Fitness. Um, my email is like through there as well. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> Wonderful. And if, um, if listeners would like to work with you, that's through your website, madeformefitness.com. Yeah, it's always better to go through the website because there's lots of DMs. So um, if you're reaching out to me, even if you just have a question, um, go through my website uh, and I can kind of help you point, help point you in the right direction. Um, and then we'll figure out exactly what we need to do for that individual. But yeah, through the, through the website is, is everything. Incredible. Thank you so much, Liz, for all of your wisdom on this podcast today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs>